1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real C's fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell the other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corralis, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's Rain and and J's Millie's
0: Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast Here on the Locked On Podcast Network I want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine Monday through Friday We try to drop some of the hottest Celtics knowledge on you or something like that. I don't know. Just trying to vary the intro a little bit. I am John Corrales of MassLive.com here in Las Vegas, Nevada, covering the Boston Celtics for MassLive. Didn't I just say that? Anyway, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm here by myself for now, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to share Brad Stevens' media availability. Brad Stevens was in Las Vegas, obviously. He came and uh, talked to the media before. The summer league game uh, today, Uh, the Celtics won again. Carson Edwards led the team again. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Brad covering a lot of different topics. So I figured, why don't we just let you listen to the whole thing? It's 13 minutes, which is about what a normal segment two and segment three would be. So let's just split that into two pieces and let you guys listen to Brad Stevens' Talk about uh, all of the different things that you know, Kyrie, Kemba, the rookies, all of that stuff. He talked about a lot of different things. So this way, you've read bits and pieces, you've seen bits and pieces. I'll let you hear the whole thing. In the meantime, just a couple of other little things that happened. The Celtics, like I said, played. They won. They uh, Carson Edwards again shooting, hot shooting, uh, shooting like forty eight percent from three it seems uh so he is uh he's doing well man the kid can really shoot he can play but we've talked about that already twice and I think one thing we're seeing in summer league is the trends we're seeing trends that are holding true now game one okay we saw you know uh Tremont Waters be solid and and make plays we saw Carson Edwards uh make his, you know, shoot and score and all that stuff. We saw Grant Williams come in and do all of the little things. And game two, a lot of that same stuff. So it starts to say, okay, uh, it happened twice in a row. That's good. That Repeating, that's positive. Game three, same things start to happen. And so now we're starting to see trends that Carson Edwards is going to shoot. He's a score first guy. He's going to get himself open and he is going to knock down shots. The ability to knock down shots in the face of defenders who are trying to make you not knock down shots is a very good thing and a very translatable skill. So that is a positive. Uh, Now, how does he handle the next level of defender? The bigger defender, the more disciplined defender, the better team defenses? That's going to be the next step. That's going to determine how much he plays right away in the NBA, how much he has to wait, how much he has to go down to Portland uh, or up to Portland and and play for the main Red Claws and, and how, how long it's going to take uh, for him to get used to that stuff is going to, you know, that's going to be the time it takes for him to be a contributor. He might be a contributor right away. So we'll see. But again, three straight games led the team in scoring. So that's great. Uh, Grant Williams, comes in and he's a plus 60, 6-0, plus 60 in summer league, which is amazing <laughs> to be a plus 60 in anything. So again, things hold true that he comes in and it, the Celtics maybe have given up a lead or, or seen a lead dwindle. And he comes in and things change. He does very disciplined things. He recognizes things on the floor. He knows where to throw the ball, and he knows uh, all of the positional things that he should be doing. He doesn't always do them. He makes mistakes. Uh, I think he understands when he makes the mistakes, and he's just got to build better habits, but uh, another instance of a guy who comes in and, as they like to say, impact winning. He comes in, and he impacts the game in a positive way. That's great. So uh, Grant looks good. Tremont Waters, and you'll hear Brad talk about all these guys in a a couple minutes, but Tremont, same thing, shifty, good, as Brad says, uh, the game seems to come naturally to him, so uh, and the only thing that you could say about him is that he's too small, so that's something that uh, you know, we'll see if he can, how that translates to the next level, but he does a lot of things well, well enough to earn a two-way deal from the Boston Celtics, which is If you've listened to the podcast on a regular basis, that's what we've been expecting. So that has worked out. Two-way deal for Tremont Waters. He'll get some time in Boston, but he'll be playing a significant amount of time in Maine. He's going to be a lot of fun. Any of you who are listening from the Portland, Maine area or can get to the Portland, Maine area for uh, the Maine Red Claws this upcoming season, do it because you're gonna like you're gonna like Trey. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be fun. Uh, he's a good kid and he is a very good basketball player. And so he'll. I don't know if the size is gonna make or break his NBA career. We'll have to. That's only a wait and see. But it's gonna be great to have him in the in the Red Claws on the Red Claws. And and I would suggest going to check him out. Uh, I think you're gonna see a lot of these fun players get some time with the Red Claws. Edwards might get some time down there. Uh, Robert Williams, I expect to, to get a significant amount of time there. Uh, like I've been saying, I think this is – he needs the reps. He needs the minutes. He needs to – he really needs to be playing like 30 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game. He needs to have a body of work that he can go and make mistakes and improve and constantly be trying to improve. Not playing in game situations for him is bad because he's just not getting enough minutes to build those habits. We've seen – I put it on MassLive.com, scouting Robert Williams. If you haven't seen it, go to MassLive.com slash Celtics and and search for it. It's – he's got work to do. Positionally – He needs to figure things out. He needs to get some fundamentals down. I really think that a lot of basketball has come very easy for Robert Williams over the course of his life, and now he's got to do the hard things. And if he can do the hard things, then he'll be a a decent player. He'll be a a good NBA player. If he's not going to do the hard things, uh, then who knows what he's going to become. Uh, He needs to have the time to go do the hard things, and that'll take him to Maine as well. So a lot of the things that we have been seeing, Robert Williams didn't play in this third game, uh, but a lot of the things that we had been seeing have now carried through and been, uh, like I said, it's a trend. So uh, off day for the Celtics on Wednesday – then they play Thursday, and then they go into this playoff thing. And I will not be in Las Vegas, thankfully. <laughs> Got to get out of here and go home to Boston. Get out of this heat. Uh, and you can only take so much Vegas. So, uh, but they'll have a playoff through the weekend. That's um, whatever. They'll they'll play like two ga- two more games. Uh, after that, so three more games left for the Celtics Thursday night and then and that's a ten or ten thirty start for East Coast. so that's gonna be a late game. And then after that, it's just uh playoffs and then the off season really begins in earnest. All right, we'll take a break. And when we return, Brad Stevens will just come right out of the break and play Brad Stevens talking to the media. It's about 13 minutes, so stick around for that. And then I'll be back at the end to wrap up the show. We're coming right back with more of the Lockdown Celtics podcast.
1: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You're up-to-date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, coach been coach
2: so far good yeah it's been good i mean obviously a lot going on um but a lot of you know excited about where we can go from here one of the things you talked about at the end of the season was taking a deep dive this summer as far as things you can do to get better things like that what are some of the, the kind of revelations you've kind of come back with Yeah, i don't know if it's any revelations i think that these are things like i said you know a couple weeks ago that you know before but you see up close where we need to improve, where we need to get better there's some tactical things we need to do better and there are some you know team things we need to do better and at the end of the day um, you know it's been good it's been a good exercise but I moved on from it um, a couple weeks ago I'm, I'm excited about our team now and, and uh, ready to roll and thinking a lot about how we can utilize everybody to their best strengths because it's a you know there's some obviously some new pieces, some of which I can talk about, some of which we, I can't because they're not through the contract, all the contract stuff yet. No, no, can, ge- by I can talk about. It.
0: But in general, your you know, the nature of this team has changed significantly. Yeah. Just, just how
2: much do you? Yeah, Mark. That's been the case most of my time here. Um, <laughs> last year might have been the exception rather than the norm. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe going into sixteen seventeen was also the other exception where you didn't have much change. And so I think ultimately, um, that's just part of it in the NBA, and, and you get ready to to you know hopefully help us all be in our best positions as we as we get ready for this coming season. I'm really excited about it, um, and I and I really like our group. Your initial cool. just bringing aboard Kemba, just your thoughts on him and just what yeah, how I think he fits. in. I mean, obviously he's a great player, um, and he's you know obviously um, been able to continue to get better and better and better as his career has gone on. You know, he's he's made himself into a, a, an excellent shooter. He's great off pick and rolls. He's got incredible speed. He can read the game. He sees the game. He's a competitor. You know, all that all that stuff's well documented. I mean, he's a he's an awfully good player, and we're we're glad he chose to come to Boston.
0: You've got a personal history with him going back to the yeah the I mean, just
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, he's one of those kids, and I, you've heard me say this before, but I watched him play in high school. Um, and uh, just, he's always been a special competitor. And I think that that's, that's, that's going to be fun. And, um, you know, again, that, that's not easy to not be in the place he was for the first eight or nine years of his career and to choose to go someplace else. So um, we're excited that he's on board and, and we're looking forward to going to work. How important was it, Brad? not just a guy of Kimba's caliber, but to get someone like that who wanted to come to Boston as opposed to engineering a deal to bring them in. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been fortunate in that, you know, obviously this past year didn't go the way we wanted it to, but for the better part of of this time, it's gone pretty darn well, and and so we've actually been fortunate to have had that be the case more often than not. Um, Obviously with Al a few years ago and Gordon and, and Kimba and others that have chosen on lesser deals to come, so... You know, Boston's a special place. It's a special place to play, um, and, you know, we're excited about it. And, and he's a he's a neat guy, so I'm looking forward to having him on board, like I said. What were your thoughts with Tyree over in his departure? And looking back on it, is there anything you wish you'd done differently to kind of connect with him more and kind of keep him involved in? You know, I don't know that there's anything, in, in anything anyone individually necessarily feels like they should have done or could have done. That's part of free agency. You can go wherever you want at the end of the day. I've said this before. I enjoyed Kyrie. I like Kyrie. You know, and I wish him nothing but health and success. Like, um, you know, I think any time that you go through a year like we went through where you you don't necessarily meet expectations, on some years that might be a good year, but on others it's not, you know, I think there's probably going to be some change. And, you know, I don't fault him one bit for choosing to follow whatever he wants to do. That's his right. What
0: kind of conversation? talk
2: to him after the season ended about where not a ton not a ton after the season obviously throughout the whole season we talked very regularly how, how do you guys kind of look back on the two years you had here?
1: did end well but how do you kind of frame yeah,
2: it? Yeah so I don't really I, you know I don't really look at it from the standpoint of where we lost what part of the season we lost in it's just you spent two years together you wish him well and you move on with, similar with with Albert, Albert, Albert. Did, with the situation there you guys always see wanted to bring him back and see like in some form but was it was any do you guys try to bring him back once you got it I'll let Danny I'll let Danny ask all those answer all those questions because those are more monetary questions that, that I don't I'm not privy to all those conversations obviously you know Al was great here we loved Al we wanted him back but um, again it's his choice like he can go do whatever he wants to do and there's a lot of factors that end up helping these guys make those decisions but you know He's a heck of a player and and did a great job here in the three years he was here. You talked about how different this team is from the last year's. And obviously from a defensive standpoint, you lose Al, no Baines. How do you approach that side of the floor? Yeah, I mean, you've got a man, lot of different pieces. Well, I mean that's gonna be the that's gonna be the thing we're gonna have to be really good at. I mean, I, you know, obviously we've been really lucky in the last, you know, most of the last five years to be a good defensive team and, and it's always given us a chance to win. And we're just going to have to really commit to that, because there's going to be times where we're much smaller than we've been. Um, And there's going to be times where, you know, we're asking guys to do some things that they haven't done as much. But that's part of repping it, part of working, building good habits and getting ready to play. And we've got a lot of guys that will play in the world championships um, for all their respective countries. And and we will have a number of guys that will be in Boston a good deal of time and some of them have already been quite a bit, and that's been encouraging too.
0: Danny has spoken Is a couple of the, times about kind of bringing in good guys, like guys you enjoy being around and kind of, kind of reestablishing the culture you guys have had for the most part over this time. What's the one what, thing, How much do you kind of value?
2: That? I mean, it's always been A number one. I mean, I think that's always the biggest thing. It, you know, sometimes it's not about if it doesn't work, it's not because guys aren't good guys. Everybody in that locker room was well-intentioned. Everybody's a good guy, and we didn't fit. You know, and I think that that's part of it. Sometimes that happens. I think that anytime you have a relationship, that doesn't always fit together. So I don't have anything bad to say about anybody, and I don't want to make it look like uh, by saying that it's become a priority all of a sudden that it wasn't before. It's always been one.
0: should be different in the future have you
2: done soul searching been- no, no different than every other year Gary I've done that every year I did that after both Eastern Conference Finals and I did that after we won 25 games I like to work um, pretty focused after the the first month after the season rather than taking time off so that I can kind of really dial into it while it's still fresh in my mind uh, and so I did that again and, and uh, like I said it's it's been good. It's n- probably no different than any other year. You learn a lot, you move on, and you try to get ready for the next one. Now I'm, now I'm excited about the next one. Have you
1: talked to
0: any coaches? Reach out to you and say, "Hey, Brad, I've been there." Or how uh, oh, encouraging was that to get that type of? I guess
2: I guess the one thing I'd say is we we got beat in the second round. Like it's still not like there's. I don't think too many people feel sorry for you when that happens, right? So I don't think it's. It's part of it. The expectations of all of us were higher than that. We didn't get to where we wanted to go, but you know, the other teams in the Eastern Conference played better than us, and they did so most of the year, so they deserve that. And um, you know, ultimately, we have to improve. But I, you know, I'm not expecting anybody's pity party or anybody's been there. I mean, this is part of coaching. It's the challenge that's ahead, and it's it's the fun part for me. I don't I don't mind uh, I don't mind the idea of not always, you know of coming up short if you can learn, grow, and get better. Um, last year there were a lot of disappointing parts of the season, but that's part of What's the progress in of- the too, guys like Jay and Jason ascend to more you know, leadership roles and take more responsibility? Not, we don't, we don't need people to ascend to those things. We just need people to be the best version of themselves. Like, And then that stuff all takes care of itself. Right, I mean, we we have we have a lot of different players on this team capable of adding value in all those regards. So we don't need anybody to, you know, we don't need Jason or Jalen to put that extra burden on themselves. We just need them to get better in what they do well, and they've been good at working on it. Like Jalen, they they both been in Boston quite a bit, um, and they have both been working when they're not. Like I'm, they'll be fine.
0: How's uh, Gordon looking?
2: Same. I mean, he's been in Boston almost the whole time. Um, he, he works during the week, the week in Boston, and then he'll go on some weekend trips. But he's he's pretty. Uh, you can tell he's pretty dialed in. I mean, all those guys are dialed in at their work right now. And um, but you can tell he started a little bit earlier than he does and than he does normally. And he's been going early in the mornings and. You better be an early riser to catch him walking out the door let alone walking in it i mean he, he gets up there and gets his work done coach we haven't had a chance to talk to you since you guys are hired car lawson uh she mentioned that you had reached out to her what made you feel that was the, the fit that you guys need to go for well obviously uh, you know i've, I've gotten a chance because you're in this position to meet a lot of people all the way through this through this whole deal and Um, So she's she's done some games when I was a Butler did some games on the radio here And you know, I listened to anytime. I was scouting the Wizards I made sure to turn the volume up because I think she really has great insights. Then she started really working with that three-on-three group at USA basketball and even though I didn't see everything closely I was paying attention from afar and everything I had heard about her was just a plus and she's an a plus person She's super smart you know, obviously, I was excited to get on the phone with her and excited to talk to her about coaching. I didn't know that she would do it. Um, she, has a, she had a lot of other good things going on, but she'll, she's going to be great at whatever she puts her mind to. So we're excited she's part of our staff. And then Joe, we've known, and Joe is a tremendous young coach who, you know, really has made a huge imprint when he was in Maine. And we've tried to hire him back on a couple of different occasions before. And so we're happy to have him back, too.
0: The rookies here have had some pretty nice moments so far. What, what can you learn about them from
2: summer
1: league?
2: Well, I think I think um, you're excited about the things that you see that can translate to an NBA game, and there's other things that won't. Um, so I'm excited about what they bring to the table. I think um, you know, starting you know with Waters, um, obviously, all the things that he does on a court is. The only thing you could ever say about him is he's too small. He's super savvy. The game comes so easy to him on both ends. He gets his hands on every ball on defense, makes the right plays. I think mean, Carson's got a chance to impact our team early because um, you know he obviously can make tough shots. He's got a, done a great job of picking the right ones, and he's done a great job of picking up full and pressuring the ball. You know, Purdue, when he had as much usage as he did, he couldn't be asked to do that, and we knew that coming in. And then Grant's been just, you know, who Grant is, and that's a steady guy that impacts winning. And he's one of the few that I think can change his game pretty dramatically and, and still impact winning. Um, so, and then Romeo obviously hadn't played yet. So the guys we drafted, um, you know, they've all made a good impression thus far, but it's a long way from being in an opening day game in the NBA. I know that. So, Taco has been like,
0: a sensation. I thought
2: maybe you'd ask about that.
0: <laughs> We're going to lead off. Right?
2: Yeah. But, I mean,
0: the whole, you know what I like. You know what buzzing. I love
2: about Taco is that he's got the whole place buzzing, and he doesn't. It doesn't affect who he is. He's got. He's got a wonderful humility about him, and he's also got just a what seems to me to be a real self-assuredness. And I really, I really admire him because you know he walks in the building and everybody um, is talking about him, and he dunks and lands on his feet, and he's still hanging on the rim, and everybody's talking about him. I mean, my daughter and son are watching the games to watch him, right? So like. Um, but I admire all the things about him, not only on the court, but off the
0: court. So Brad talked a lot, a lot about just – he didn't say a ton because he's Brad Stevens, and he's he's just not going to say uh, a lot of crazy things. He, he said about Kyrie, like, I liked Kyrie, and I wish him nothing but the best. What's Brad Stevens going to say? You know, like – the reality is, and he may have liked Kyrie and he may have gotten along with him very well. They seemed to have a pretty decent relationship. Every time they interacted, I mean, maybe Kyrie was doing it because the cameras were there, but I mean, every time they interacted, they were, it seemed to be legitimately like nice. They, they talked to each other. I mean, it's, I don't think they, they disliked each other, but I, also willing to bet, and I don't have any inside knowledge for this, but I'm also willing to bet that Brad Stevens wishes that Kyrie was, you know, a little bit more amenable to some of the things that he, uh, Brad was trying to teach and maybe a little bit more on board with uh some of that mentality, but whatever. Brad's not going to sell out Kyrie. He's just not gonna do it. He's not gonna give him any bulletin board material. He's just not uh, he talked about Gordon Hayward, who is is doing well and you know getting in early. Great. Uh, he refused to put any pressure on Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, even though I think this season is going to be a very important season to see exactly what the Celtics have in those guys. And I think it's very, very important. But Brad is not going to vocalize that. He may think it inside. He may approach it that way, but he's not going to tell us that that is a level of importance because he just doesn't want to put the pressure on those guys. Fine. Um, What else? Talked about Carol Lawson. Uh, Obviously, of course, he's very excited to have Carol Lawson on the team and, and sings her praises deservedly show. So she's, you know, very, uh, she's very good. She's very smart. She was an awesome basketball player. She was a, a very good analyst and now she's in there and she's coaching. And I think, the history portion of this is just kind of, all right, we're past it. Um, she, I know, is uncomfortable talking about it and wants to get past it. She wants to be known as a good basketball coach, and that's the end of the story. So Brad talked about that a little bit. Uh, it's great that he made that hire. Now down to business. She's out there. She's working with Carson Edwards. She's uh, trying to give him some of her point guard, point guard knowledge so, uh, and that's look, she's a championship point guard, gold medal winning point guard. So somebody worth, you know, a, a brain worth picking for Carson Edwards. Uh, that's it. That's, you know, that's the, um, that's the Celtics version of this. Uh, Adam Silver spoke at, uh, in Las Vegas. He had some interesting comments about tampering. We obviously know about the tampering stuff that's been going on. Kyrie, and Kevin Durant allegedly, supposedly, according to Bobby Portis, players in the league knew that they were gone to Brooklyn at some point in February, which is upsetting uh, because you don't want teams interfering with other teams. But Jay made the point that, was it Jay or Tom? One of the other guys, not me, made the point that, you know, when it's out there that, You know, when you're a star player and you want to go somewhere, it doesn't have to be up to the team. You know that they're going to have cap space. Whatever. But Adam Silver said specifically that they're going to need to do something about this. Uh, In fact, uh, his quotes again, this came from a Board of Governors uh, press conference, but he said, quote, I think the consensus at both our committee meetings and the board meeting was that we need to revisit and reset those rules. He's talking about the tampering rules. That uh, Some of the rules we have in place may not make sense. I think it's pointless at the end of the day to have rules that we can't enforce, and I think it hurts the perception of integrity around the league. It's right on. They need to fix that. Uh, It's in the best interest of everybody involved because one thing that fans – we talk about this money that's being thrown around and $139 million apron, and $109 million tax uh, salary cap. That money is coming from the fans. I know the broadcast networks pay it, but I mean, it's the fans who tune in. It's the fans who buy the products. It's the fans who buy Nike shoes, Adidas shoes, Puma shoes, the products that are being sold. It's the fans who buy the tickets. It's the fans who buy the jerseys and all that other stuff. And if the fans somehow are turned off by this, and if... Especially if fans can't go and buy a jersey, like how many people are walking around Boston with Kyrie paraphernalia that they just don't want to wear anymore, they can't wear anymore. So you can't you can't just have this level of tampering and and this uh, insane player movement without some sort of repercussion. Now I'm all for player movement and free agency and all of that, but the tampering that pushes that is is really it's out of control, and and maybe the answer is simply just pushing it back into the shadows, and telling agents if you leak this stuff, you're going to be in trouble. Well, if that's the thing, I don't know, but may, maybe the key part of that quote from the commissioner is perception of integrity. That part of why everything is you know the way it is that people are upset is because people. Hear like Bobby Portis saying like February, and you hear the reports that Al Horford was negotiating with the Celtics, and then all of a sudden got up and left because nope, I'm done because he heard that he had a better deal somewhere else, like that kind of stuff. That hurts. It it, it hurts the perception of integrity. It hurts the the fans' ability to kind of buy into and love teams. So. Everybody loses if that becomes the case. I'm not saying that that is going to become the case. I think that's a fear, but I think something needs to be done. Somehow, I don't know how you enforce it. I don't know what rules you set. I don't know. I really don't know the answer. It's a difficult question. It's a difficult thing, and I don't know what the easy thing is. Uh, Again, for now, it could just be stop being so blatant about it. Stop being so damn obvious about it. Wait. Wait until July second to leak where your team, your your guy is going, instead of you know telling Woj or Shams uh, two hours before the the freaking deadline starts. Okay, yeah, this is happening. Like it could just be as simple as play along and let everybody be willfully ignorant again. I don't know, but you can't you can't have it be so obvious, and you certainly can't have players or teams interfer- interfering with other teams while a season is going on. So uh, the league will be looking at it. It'll be interesting to see what the league does. That is it from Las Vegas today, the Wednesday show. Hope you are enjoying it. Hope you're enjoying this show enough to subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and search for Locked On Celtics wherever podcast exists. If you're not doing that already, uh, how you're listening to this, uh, maybe you're listening to it on Twitter or whatever, but go ahead and download us, subscribe to us, you get it sent to your phone or your device. You can always ask your device to play podcast Locked On Celtics when you're in the car. That's a thing that you can do. And you can always give us a five-star rating, give us a good written review, wherever those things can be done, and share the podcast. Tell everybody, listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, Corrales Packet and Jay King. i